Welcome everyone to another episode in our series of dispatches from the recent uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed. And this is the biggie. So we spoke to former F1 world champion Jensen Button and the setting in which we spoke to him, Rowan, wasn't exactly normal, was it? No, because you lot were there. It was in front of a live audience, which we've never done before. Uh, So that's why you can hear people clapping, booing, throwing pens at Jack. Um, But also (laughs) Jensen interacting with the crowd far better than we are. But we did manage to ask him some quite cutting questions, didn't we? Yeah, you may notice the moment when I deliver my finest, finest joke, which is suggesting that the crowd has all turned up to see Rowan. But actually, he talks straight over the top of it because he's too busy whipping up the crowd like some sort of, you know, uh, seasoned TV presenter. But anyway, it was great, great fun. And having the live crowd there just gave it an edge. Uh, as we rocked up, I, I think we were expecting slightly fewer people. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I was expecting two people who were working on the stands, you know, with those dusters on the car. But yeah. no, there was, well, a wall of people from what I could see. Yeah, yeah. But it was we had a really good chat with Jensen. He was on great form. Um, my personal highlight was when he talked about his disastrous dinner made out of two disappointing ingredients at the Goodwood Festival. And mine was when you asked him whether he had driven an Envire, which he has paid for and has one waiting for him, and the answer was no, because that got a bit spicy. So then I then I proceeded to rub in the fact that I had driven it and he hadn't, and uh, he didn't like that. And there's an update on the gorgeous uh, Radford Type 62, which he's behind with Ant Anstead and all the others, that gorgeous resto mod, uh, which we'll be driving very soon. It is annoyingly good looking, isn't it? But... Anyway, without further ado, here's Jensen. Jensen Button, welcome to the Top Gear magazine podcast. Um, Just before we start talking, I'm going to explain for the benefit of the listeners back at home um, what's in front of us. So we have a live crowd. This might be a first for a podcast. A live podcast recording. They're about 10, 15 deep. They're all here to see Rowan. The The only way that we're going to know there's a crowd is if you make some noise. Yes. There you go. That, that is a proper crowd. Yeah, yes. we're, we're deep here. But uh, on the Lotus stand, you've been driving a Lotus today. Is that correct? That that is correct. What were you driving? Uh, I drove the uh, Lotus Amira GT4 up the hill, uh, which uh, I've been trying for a long time to get into that car. Um, so no, it was really good fun. Uh, for me, getting into a, a new car is always interesting and feeling the position in the car and what have you. And I loved it. Any really, practice really runs, fun. or was it just cold into the seat oh, no, today? It's straight in. So you're straight in. You're driving it out of the tents when there's hundreds of people all around you. The clutch is really stiff because it's a racing clutch, and everyone thinks they know what I'm doing, but I have no idea. So, um, yeah, it's quite dangerous. But um, lovely run up the hill. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, it just, you know, this... this uh, Goodwood, the Goodwood Festival of Speed weekend is always very special because I, I drive so many different things um, and it's always the first time I've driven the car. So it's, uh, it's a new experience every time I jump into a, a new car. And a few butterflies on the line. I've driven a couple of cars up the hill myself and there's a moment when you think you don't want to stack this in front of the crowd because there have been incidents over the years of people putting it in the hay bales. No, and this is also Lotus's... Um, GT4 car, so it's the, it's the, as far as I know, it's the, it's the first one that's actually running properly in terms of putting mileage on it and everything and doing all the tests. So I obviously don't want to stack it, uh, and I don't want to hit anyone, and I don't want to hit any straw bales. Um, I want to get back for my supper tonight. So, uh, but it was, it was really good fun. I did a, I did a burnout before the start, and it 
made me giggle like an eight-year-old boy. So um, loads of smoke. Uh, and then I got to the start line and almost stalled it. So uh, really cool to really embarrassing. But really nice to see everyone here. Uh, such a special atmosphere. It's Friday and it's packed. Yeah. Why are these people not at work? I know. Do none of you have jobs? Yeah. Because furlough scheme. Or, or their jobs are too good. Tired, they? They don't have yeah. to work on a Friday. Um, there's a lot of kids here as well. Oh, it's holiday, isn't it? Is it? No. Everyone's no, it's no. not holiday. That's I, called truancy. I thought it was illegal to take your kids out of school. Yeah, it is. They'll be so, paying fines on Monday morning. There's a lot there's, of sick kids. Yeah, there's a lot of COVID going around. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of, of sick kids. Oh, yeah, so we take them to Goodwood. Exactly, perfect. But also, on the low stand, we've got the Avaya here as well. You're going up this weekend. That's very different to the GT4. Well, I was going to go up in the Avaya today, but Gav um, trumped me, basically, and he said he's driving it up. So Gav drove it up. He knows the car. He's basically developed the car. He's the test driver for Lotus, and he knows his stuff. Um, I think he was just a bit afraid of me jumping in it with 2,000 horsepower, my first run, uh, and embarrassing myself. So he drove it up, um, but I must admit, I got the opportunity to drive the GT4, and uh, it's, uh, it hasn't got as much power, a lot more downforce, uh, but um, really, really enjoyable. And have you, have you driven the Avaya yet? Have you driven the prototype or like a, an early model of it? I mean, my answer, as I do a lot of stuff with Lotus, probably should be yes, uh, but no, I haven't driven it yet. Oh, so. well, I have, Jensen, thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, it was an early prototype. It was actually like a... Um, a, a completely passive car, so none of the clever talk vectoring okay. and all the stuff that's coming in. This, but this shows me how much they care about you yeah, and how much they care it about me. It was a slightly damp track, actually, and I had a bit of a moment in a straight line. Yeah. I Hold on, have any a bit of a control. moment. Can you please, development driver, tell Jensen what to be aware of on the wet circuit with TC well, off? Yeah, well, just don't absolutely floor it with everything off on a wet circuit. I mean, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. You know that. Yeah, so most people here probably haven't got 500 horsepower in their road car, right? Um, well, this has got it on each wheel. <laughs> so you've got 500 horsepower at each corner of the car. So there's a lot of power. Um, but there, there wasn't any torque vectoring when you drove it? No, not at all. No, none of the electrical assistance systems were switched on, just okay. motors. So power. basically, if you get oversteer, um, it takes the power from one corner and will give it to the front if you have too much wheel spin at the rear. Uh, balancing, it helps balance the car, basically, so you don't throw it off into the hay bales. I did just see a video upstairs, actually, um, and... It was a, just an iPhone uh, shot of the car in development doing the biggest four-wheel burnout I've ever seen in my life, which is obviously there for the taking when you've got that much power at each wheel, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And um, I don't know what, where they are in terms of traction control, uh, but uh, obviously they weren't running it at that moment in time. But no, I, I, have, uh, I have an Avaya coming, actually, um, which I'm really excited about. Hopefully, they'll let me drive it when I actually own it. But uh, I will have one later this year. They've promised me Woo! that I will have one this year. Um, and I'm not going to spoil the color scheme, but I think I did about six months ago. But it's, uh, it's my brawn colors for when I won the World Championship. So it's the pearlescent white, a little bit of flora yellow, and a little bit of black. Very nice. Well, those are documents you were you're having a little shuffle through up there. I was. Looking I was just finalising the spec upstairs. Oh, very so cool. Very excited. No, it was. It's just uh, like everyone else does, but it, it was a good colour scheme. But you've had many supercar over your years. This new breed of EV supercars, is that exciting for you? It must be a completely different, different uh, kettle of fish. I mean, it's just madness what these, these cars can do. And, you know, I've driven a lot of EV cars lately, but um, not, not a supercar. You know, I've driven a lot of off-road vehicles that are electric, but... Um, no, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> the technology that's gone into it and the, the, the torque that you get from an, from an EV. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a, a V10 or a V8, but most cars don't now anyway. Even an F1 car sounds pretty average compared to what they used to sound. So, I mean, I'll take the power any day and the torque that you get immediately when you touch the throttle it just blows my mind. But uh, I think we need to clear something up here because aren't all road cars just slow for a Formula One driver? You know, when you're... When your job is driving around the fastest machines in the world, surely even a 2,000 horsepower Evaya is just a bit pedestrian. Well, not anymore. Now, now that we have electric power, they're actually you can make a car quicker than a Formula One car. Um, obviously, a Formula One car has unbelievable amounts of downforce as well. So, the quicker you go, the more downforce you get. So you don't accelerate quite like you would in an EV. But um, the big benefit of an EV is you have immediate torque, which you don't in a combustion engine. Uh, so the, the 0 to 60 times or 0 to 100 times in an, in an EV can be quicker than a Formula One car because you just can't get the power down in an F1 car. And it's rear wheel drive as well, whereas a lot of the EVs are, are four wheel drive. Yeah, so I was just told uh, 0 to 108, 0 to 300 kilometers an hour, so 186 miles an hour in the Avaya, um, nine and a bit seconds. So three and a half seconds quicker than a Bugatti Chiron to 186 miles an hour. I mean, there well, it's quick enough, isn't it? Done. I'll have one. <laughs> yeah. You've got one? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then um, what would you think if, uh, obviously you've been doing a bit of extreme e stuff as well, electric motorsport in general, uh, we're progressing further and further there. Do you think it would take on to F1 and when we got into those or should it stay off-road and Formula E? Um, with the, the different things that I've been involved with uh, with uh, electric vehicles, uh, obviously Extreme E was one. Um, I'm actually racing in Rallycross uh, at the end of this year and next year, which is EV as well. Um, and it works perfectly because there's short races. Rallycross is six laps of one kilometer circuit, so it's six kilometers. So it works. An F1 car, it's tricky because it's, uh, it's an hour and a half race. Um, you know, to have enough battery power to do an hour and a half race, you'd basically be racing a transit van um, because you'd have to have th that many batteries to last for an hour and a half at full throttle. Uh, and we obviously don't want that because it becomes unbelievably heavy. F1 cars at the moment are already 200 kilos heavier than when I raced um, because they have the hybrid system uh, and what have you. So... They're already heavy, and you put back, you make it electric. It's going to be not as much fun to drive, not as much fun to watch on TV. So, uh, I, I like the idea that with F1, they're trying to go in a different direction. You know, they have the biofuels um, direction that they're going in. Last year was five percent biofuels that they're using. Now it's ten percent. Uh, but obviously that has its negative side as well, because how do you make biofuels? It's, you've got to cut down trees, right? So it's, uh, it's a difficult balance. Uh, you also have hydrogen, which is an interesting direction. So there's a lot of technology out there. It's not perfect yet, uh, and we don't know which direction we're going to be with our road cars in sort of 10, 15 years' time. But it's nice to see people trying different things, and hopefully we'll all come to a point and realise what the future holds. On, uh, isn't Rallycross just the unsung hero of motorsport? It's so exciting. The cars are absolutely extreme. The speed of the, as fast as an F1 car accelerating. It's, like you say, perfect for the EV generation, but also for this TikTok generation where everything has to be quick, snappy, and we're bored after 15 seconds. All the action's there. Everyone crashes. The car's are really fast. It's the perfect mix, isn't it? Jumps. Uh, it Big is. jumps. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's, it's stupid motorsport, but I love it. It's, uh, it's madness. You know, the, the car that I'm racing has peak power is 1,050 horsepower. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not light. It weighs... 1,500 kilograms plus driver, so it's, it's, it's two, 250 kilograms heavier than a normal rallycross car, but it has a lot more power, a lot more torque, 
and this thing is designed to go over massive jumps as well. So um, it, it makes me laugh every time I drive it. I mean, I don't know if I'm any good at it because it's so different. It's very soft and um, very different to what I'm used to, very sideways. But it's so much fun. Um, I'm driving tomorrow um, and Sunday in it, in my rallycross car. Um, and I'm doing the time run up the hill, which I've never done before. So the first time I'm, I've ever done a time run. Um, I did it yesterday and we were eighth quickest. Um, three and a half seconds off of Travis, but we were 30% down on power. We were 600 horsepower. I think tomorrow we're at 900. So um, it's going to be quick. And it, you know, it shouldn't be the quickest car out there because it's not made for tarmac, but it's unbelievably quick. So you're wearing your brave pants tomorrow then for that run? Uh, yeah, but I would, to be fair, I'd rather drive a rallycross car up this hill than a, than a track car because the road does this. And it gets quite narrow past the wall. It does, it? and yeah. I can just drive on the grass if I need to, do you know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? So it's fine. You right. And you're used to hitting stuff in rallycross cars, so... Just don't hit the crowd. No, the straw bales are okay, not the wall yes. or the crowd, more importantly. So, Jess, we alluded to it earlier. You've, you've obviously owned a lot of interesting cars over the year, sold a lot of interesting cars as well. Um, what's caught your eye here at the show, the supercar paddock or, or anything else? Um, this is a really tricky one to answer because uh, I, I have a lot of love for obviously the Avaya because I'm very passionate about EV now and, and also I think it's a wonderful car. Um, I also love my car. Um, you know, I, I own a coach building company called Radford and uh, we've developed a car with Lotus um, and uh, the Type 62, which I drove up the hill yesterday and I'm driving tomorrow. So I'm, I'm really passionate about that because I've been involved in developing it, which is, which is so exciting for me. That's, that was the dream come true after I, after I left Formula One. Uh, and the best bit was I pulled up in the supercar paddock yesterday with the door open next to one of my best buddies uh, who is the CEO of Singer. Um, and he was part next to me in his car and we've got the doors open for a pitch, and it's just like, this is, this is so cool. So I um, feel very lucky to have that opportunity, and for, for Lotus giving us the opportunity to work with them. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's probably the most exciting two cars here. I haven't really looked at anything else, because I've been busy running around, not having the opportunity to really see anything else. Well, it looks fantastic. I had a chance to come and see it in California, an early stage when you had the, the, the red and white model. Um, how close are you to sort of delivering cars to customers? I know that um, you, you want to hold on to the, the chassis number one, that, but that's your development car, right, that you're, that you're working on. How close are you to the finish line? Well, the car we have here, the Burgundy one, uh, the Ron, as we call it, <laughs> the Ron Burgundy, um, it's, it had, the engine was put in on Monday, so it's, uh, it was just finished by the time we drove it on Thursday. Um, and uh, my friend drove up the hill a minute ago, and it sounded amazing. It went really well, which is good. But... Um, the, the first car will be um, in a few months, actually. Uh, hopefully, it will be at Quail. That's the aim. Okay. The first customer car, um, which is August. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, and uh, then there'll be one other car this year, uh, which is quite exciting. You're, that's you're a, reading my questions here, Jensen, yeah, because that, that's my next one. Um, I haven't finished. Oh, right, go on. Okay. Uh, the second car is, um, is, is going to be a very exciting car, and I can't tell you why yet. But it's, it's, it's uh, the, the person that's buying it, it's, his family is very interesting uh, and uh, has had big involvement in motorsport before. So that one's exciting and I can't wait to announce that. 
S similar kind of thing, uh, 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 a sort of mid-engined, low-slung sports car, oh, or no, something no. different? No, it is a Radford. That's why oh, Type 62. Oh, you mean Type 62? Yes. I'm, so I, what I want to know about is Radford Project number two. What have you got coming down the pipeline? I can't tell you. Uh, come on, I want a world <laughs> exclusive on stage. Look at these no, people. <laughs> They've come to see you, Jensen. I mean, we, uh, you know, with, with Radford, we're so lucky to work with, with Lotus. We couldn't have done this without them, so it, it means a lot. Um, but you know, the second car will be with a with a different OEM, but um, very different. And uh, we don't ever want to try and compare the second car to our first car or anything that Lotus is doing. So it's completely different. Um, it's sporty, but it isn't a sports car. Um, but uh, very excited about that one as well. Have you started building the extra garage space for your new cars that are coming at the end <laughs> of the year? There's a lot of cool presents. I've actually oh. built a new house to fit them in, yes. Is it, is it um, a bit like Gordon Murray, who famously lives in a one-bed cottage with a 27-car exactly, garage? Exactly, exactly. Um, no, I, I, to be fair, I've sold everything. I had to to build my house. <laughs> uh, but I sold all my cars, and it got to a point where I didn't drive them and I collected cars and it got to the point where I was just excited to have cars and it's like what's the point of that yeah. and you know oh I want them in the garage so I can walk in and go oh I own that car and I own that car it means nothing um, if you get to drive them amazing you're very lucky but I don't have the time to do that so it got to a point where I said if I don't drive a car in the next month I'm going to sell it so obviously I tried to drive them all uh, and they all had a flat battery. Um, so I sold everything. And uh, yeah, so my garage at the moment, or garage as they say in the States where I live, uh, is, is very slim. Oh, good. Well, plenty of space, plenty of space for some shopping. Now, we did a very dangerous thing, Jensen. We, we uploaded a story to topgear.com asking our readers to post questions that they would ask for you. So if you don't mind, we're going we're gonna to put... A yeah, few to you. because you had no imagination. Is that, well, I ran out of ideas, yes. Okay, yeah. awesome. Um, so the first one comes from Peterson. Never know, they could be here. Mm. Says, I'm going to Lidl. Do you want anything? <laughs> uh, I would, actually. I'm staying in a house that I opened the fridge and the Radford boys had bought water and butter. It's like, what are you going to put the butter on? Yeah. That's so a really butter in the water. something to put the butter on, and you can't put it in water. No, that's a, that's a tough episode of Ready, Steady, Cook. If you yeah. just gave Ainsley Harris. I know. Those. And uh, it was actually funny last night because we had ordered a dessert in to the house. Really excited. Someone owns a pub around the corner that was going to bring some sticky toffee pudding, uh, and, it, and it just didn't arrive. So uh, we ended up getting some boxed custard uh, out of this house. I mean, it, I didn't even look at the sell-by day or do not eat date uh, and, uh, and then we had, a, we had bananas so custard and bananas uh, and then Ant Anstead arrives with a chocolate bar and he starts um, breaking up this chocolate bar and shredding is that what you call it? Gracing yeah this chocolate bar onto the top of it which is amazing and just left the mess in it's the kitchen. Glamour. That's a Bake Off winner, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was it. That's, uh, that's it. So See, actually quite a good question there from Peterson. Ryan, no, have you got another one? Yeah, but uh, Chris said on, online as well, you talked about your previous cast, famously owned a Veyron. He wants to know what was the best and worst bit of ownership for it, experience-wise. Uh, extremely quick. I mean, it blew my mind how quick that car was in a straight line. And in an F1 car, you know, you're, you're strapped in, you're properly tied into it, and it feels quick but not as quick as the Veyron did. Um, no, an amazing bit of kit. Um, there were lots of reasons not to have a Veyron. One, it was 20 grand to service it. Um, yeah, exactly. You scratch your wheel, you have to buy a new wheel and you have to buy a tire, which is five grand a piece. Uh, the best bit was driving down Kensington High Street 
um, you know, obviously feeling really flash, yeah. as you do driving a Veyron, and, uh, and stopped at the lights, and then stayed at the lights because it didn't move. Oh. And I couldn't pull any gears. Oh, no. I just sat there in the middle of the road and people laughing at me. It's like, yeah, but I still do own a Veyron. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all right. Don't feel bad for me. Yeah. Don't laugh at me. Um, but no, it was, it was an interesting experience. And there was a policeman stood there. And I was like, can you help me push it off the road? And he said, I'm not traffic police. Oh. It's like, what? Just... I'm not traffic police. So I had to push the Veyron off the road on my own. Oh, Jesus. It's a heavy car. <laughs> um, all right, one here from Adil Azam. What do you miss most about F1? Pay the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Veyron tyres to, to buy. <laughs> Good honesty there. Yeah, no, um, what do I miss? I mean, every time I go to a race, because I work with Sky at the races, um, it's, uh, it's a weird one. I don't miss, I don't miss being in the paddock. Uh, I don't miss the stress that the drivers go through and the preparation. But of course, I miss driving a Formula One car. You know, it's, it's insane. There's nothing that comes close to driving an F1 car. You, know, you look at Fernando Alonso. He left the sport. He went to race in Le Mans. He raced in Dakar. And I'm sure he enjoyed it. But he came back to Formula One because he understands it's the pinnacle. The same with Michael Schumacher. You know, he left in 2006. He came back in 2010. Actually took my seat. Uh, <laughs> it was brought and turned into Mercedes. So it's a tricky one. And, uh, you know, I... I would love to race in Formula One, but I wouldn't want to do 22 races. It's just too much. You know, 17 years of that, it, it gets to you, and uh, you want to go away and do, do something else. That was my excuse as well. Why yeah, I didn't yeah, do same it. here. Same exactly. here. How do you think your body would fare in a, in a modern F1 car? Do, would you be a bit out of practice, the muscles? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a lot heavier now than when I was racing. I mean, I'm, I've actually started weightlifting, because you can't when you're an F1 driver, because you have to be super light. So I'm six foot, and I was... Um, 11 stone I'm amazed I can remember stone uh, 11 stone I'm like over 12 12 stone now because I can actually lift weights and in my 40s I feel that I have to lift weights to you know because you, you have injuries and what have you muscle you lose muscle don't you in your 40s so um, yeah weightlifting is, is key right now yeah. um, but uh, I'd be way too heavy to get in a Formula 1 car and my neck wouldn't be able to take it either um, one here from Andy Elms are there any historic this is one for the, for the racing nerds out there. Historic racetrack layouts that you'd liked to have driven. So layouts that don't exist anymore, but they did at one point in history. Uh, I think um, the old, old Silverstone would have been cool. I mean, there weren't really many corners. It was very, very fast. Uh, I mean, in an F1 car these days, it would have just been flat all the way around. But um, that would have been pretty cool. Uh, there's obviously a much slower section now. I drove when we had, um, you know, bridge, uh, which was an insane corner of a Formula One car, which is flat through bridge. And then you had to keep it over to the right, a little bit off the circuit to take it into the left after bridge, which was, which was really cool. So you have a lot more overtaking with the way Silverstone is now, but it was more fun before, definitely. And uh, we've been going around Goodwood the last two days as well, speaking to the great good, the bosses, all the big car companies, asking quite humanizing questions. First off, have you got any points on your license? Have you got an American license as well as a UK one? Are you harvesting on both some, some offences? No, and I heard actually this, this uh, week, um, MSA um, announced that if you lose your road license as a racing driver, you lose your racing license as well. Yeah. Was that, was that always the case? No. Or you just it found was out if you got, it? If you, got, if, you would, if you got caught drink driving, DUI, yeah. as they say in the States, um, then your license gets taken away, but speeding was okay. Uh, but now, speeding is bad. 
Speeding is always bad, everybody. I have yes. to just say that as a public yes. announcement. Yeah, yeah. apart from a racetrack. We're not living in the past. Let's live in the moment, right? Yeah. So now it's bad. Okay. So don't speed. Um, unless right. you're going up the Goodwood Hill, <laughs> yeah. you go really fast. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so that, I don't know where, where we got there, how we got there. So have you got any no points? Got any no, points? points? No, no points. No points. Clean license. No right. um, I, live, I live in America. I don't have a British license. All right. You can't have two licenses. Uh, and I had to do my test in the States. Oh, really? Like three years ago, I did my driving test. Last first time? I did. I didn't when I was in the UK, um, but I did in the States. I mean, you have to do, you don't really do anything in the States. You just drive around the block. And I went past a school and I didn't realize what speed I was supposed to go up to after the school. So I'm going like 20 miles an hour. And the lady went, you can go a little bit faster. It's 35 here. So she tells you what to do. Yeah. Oh, perfect. But you don't have to park. And as I've realized, nobody can drive in America. So parking was never an issue because you just throw it somewhere and leave it. It's just valet, isn't it? It's just valet, it's just yeah. valet, yeah. Um, and you don't have to stay in the slow lane in America. So you just drive where you want and you weave around as much as you can. It's terrifying, isn't it? Make everyone angry. Yeah, everyone, like, everyone undertakes you, overtakes you. I find yeah. driving in LA the most stressful thing possible. It, it is. And you still in your defender out there? Because then you've just got a tank to just sit in the middle lane if you need it, to. It would have been, a, yeah, would, a tank would be good. Um, <laughs> but I, no, the, the only way I've got around the stress of driving in the States is I listen to country music now. Wow. I Favorite know. artist? Um, I don't really know any of them because it all sounds similar to me. But there's, there's one called AA, the song oh. called AA. Um, someone Waters? Water? Water, water Hayes? Sure. I just know it's the breakdown service. No, it's not Water My Hayes. My mum uh, used to make me listen to Tammy Wynette in okay. her white transit van, so that's, that's yeah. the extent of my country knowledge. Okay. But, yeah. Check but it out. But it's a really good song. It's basically, it's about AA. And I don't know if I should really say the lyrics <laughs> here, but it's, uh, it's basically trying to keep my son out of jail and my daughter off the pole. Yeah. Oh. Those are the lyrics. <laughs> and I was going to sing it at my wedding. But my, I thought my wife not... And you can wife. relate to that. Yes, I've got a son and a daughter. So yes, I can. <laughs> so that's my aim in life. All right, another, a few more quick fire ones. Um, when was the last time you changed a tyre? Or wheel? Um, on a go-kart? I, I do quite a bit of karting still in the States uh, for fitness. And I just love it. It's so much fun. It's pure racing, um, pure driving. Uh, so I, I did change a wheel. But uh, I actually did a race. Um, was it three months ago? Uh, ra I raced 15-year-olds um, because ca in karting, the senior category starts at 15 because you're only in karts 15, 16, 17, and then you go into car racing so you can be ready for Formula One. Um, and I raced 15-year-olds. How did that go? It went all right. I mean, I got beaten by a few of them, but it was so cool. But also a little scary. I'm like, I don't want to hurt a 15-year-old. I'm 42. Um, but I finished fourth. I was quite happy. Out of four. Uh, no, they were, they were like 25 cuts, but it was really good They're fun. They probably weighing about seven or eight stone each, weren't they? No, I, I listened to this because I'm so heavy and they wanted me to race. They put the weight limit up <laughs> so that I wasn't disadvantaged. And, and what kind of dust were your rib, ribs in afterwards? In the rib Fine. Cage? I mean, it, I raced in a category that was really slow. It's called 100cc um, cuts and uh, air-cooled, old school, uh, which is really good fun. But uh, I loved it. Really good fun. If anyone ever wants to kart, you should do it. It's so much fun. The atmosphere is great as well. Air-cooled carts in LA, they must be worth a million quid if it's anything like the Porsche market because everything goes bananas over there. It does. You're very right. Yeah. But no, not quite the same. Right, and last one. Are you a car washer? Do you wash yes. your own car? Do you yes. like clean cars? I do. You hand-wash your own yes, cars? Yes, I do. Jensen Button, man of the people. Yeah. Well, no, just, I don't, I trust, I just don't trust people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the opposite. I don't trust people to clean my cars. I've 
I've had my car washed so many times in the past, and every time there's a new scratch. Yeah. So I do it myself. When you're in LA quickly, do you valet your car? Or do you just say, mate, no, I've got this one. I've got a Formula One World Championship title. I can, no, I can I park this. My, I valet my cars, oh, yeah, right. always. Yeah. Um, one, because it's just easy. It's just outside the restaurant, so it's go. a lot easier. Go right, you're going to let someone else in the Radford? Um, they probably wouldn't know how to drive it because it's stick, as they say. <laughs> Sorry, manual. Um, so that's the issue. It's not the easiest thing to get into either. Um, well, we could have a go. I'm sure you'd be all right, yeah. yeah. You'd be fine. yeah that's an exclusive. Okay, well, we're going to wrap it up because uh, we're over time already. But, Jensen, thank you so much uh, for coming on the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Make sure you all check it out. Subscribe. Topgear.com. Top Gear Magazine. There we, do. there we go. I've done the sales pitch. Rowan, anything else? No, yeah, it's on Spotify, Wait. Apple Podcasts, etc. And uh, grab it. That was good. Um, which is uh, your favourite Lotus? Well, on this stand. No, we recently drove the Amira. Okay. And I'm a big fan. I find that a very competitive category to be in now with the Alpine A110, the Cayman, etc. I love a manual gearbox. I love an exciting engine, packaging. It looks like a baby supercar. So we've had a massive debate in the office uh, what wins over those, and I'm in Campamira. Okay. Although it was a bit of a pre-production prototype that we drove, so we had to turn a blind eye to some of the fit and finish, but That's most of the it was... That's always prototypes, yeah. yeah, but, um, yeah. What, which engine was it? Was the, the, it was the V6. V6 oh, it's lovely. Yeah. It's a lovely, lovely engine and lovely box as well. It's yeah. really nice. But the AMG is pretty good as well. Well, we haven't had a go in that yet. That's what we're it's, looking forward to. I mean, for me, to be fair, I probably would go the AMG just because in the States it's easier... Um, mm. to drive. Is that supposed to be the lighter, more kind of track-focused version, or is it just more affordable because it's got less cylinders? No, it's not that. It's just, it's just, um, it's just. Well, it's not manual to start with. Oh right, there so it's go, just yeah. easier. It's an auto, auto box, but a really nice one. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I probably would go that way. But if I was going a bit racy, I would definitely go the V6. Well, that's the question. Are you going to get it in the sport or tour? Set up, because you've got one of two choices to go the for. Touring, the touring chassis or the sports chassis? So the, the softened off suspension or the full? I know. All right. But you, look, you look to me like... Oh, yeah. What's I'm going to go Jack. for the sport because it's softer. Yeah. He does work for them, Jack. He knows about the cars, yeah. He's just I driven get, one up the hill, for Christ's sake. I'm going go to probably go for touring. I'm old Good now. shout, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Touring with the old DCT box. Exactly. This is what's happening. And then yeah. I've got the Avaya if I want to go nuts. There we go. That's a, that's, that's a first world problem is to have. Which one, which one do you choose? But Jack, which would you have of the Lotus stand that you've got? To well, I'm going to go with the Avaya because I'm the only person out of the three of us that's actually driven it. Wow. Wow. Okay. But then I'm not actually going to open Is your so order you in? Do yeah. win, you do win. Yeah. The order's in. I'm going to have to retract it before they look at my bank account. All right. Awesome. We'll, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you, Jensen. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank, Cheers. You. Thank you, everyone.